Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I'm joined once again by my always handsomely awesome co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Hey y'all, how's everything going? <laughs> and with us today, we have a very special guest. It is the first in our series of interviews for Josh Barnett's upcoming blood sports show during WrestleMania weekend. Hailing from Springfield, Massachusetts. He is a professional wrestler since 2001. He has wrestled for WWE as Antonio the Promised Thomas and the tag team The Heartthrobs. After WWE, he wrestled for promotions such as All Japan Pro Wrestling, TNA, Beyond Wrestling, and New England Championship Wrestling, where he was an NECW heavyweight champion and tag team champion. He is also a host of the sports podcast Left My Wallet, which you can listen to on the Wrestling Observer web- website. With us, we have Thomas Santel, who takes on Hideki Suzuki. Mr. Santel, thank you so much for taking your time out to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, my first question is, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how you got started in wrestling, uh, and how you first got to WWE? Uh, I started at Killer Kowalski School in Malden, Mass, back in 2001, um, back then there was, you know, um, Chris Nowinski was still there, Aaron Stevens, who be, later became Damian Sandow, uh, John Walters, um, Ken Doan, who I, you know, have remained friends with, you know, through OBW, WWE and whatnot. I started there and I started working, uh, all around New England, um, Started first by setting up rings and, and trying to get noticed and just show my face at shows. Uh, started to make a name for myself in the Northeast. And then um, I was doing all the Dr. Tom Pritchard camps, who at the time was the um, kind of the main scout for WWE, who would call in the extra talent and was out there scouting talent. So he called me for TV and uh, in New Hampshire and Rhode Island. Uh, uh, had a match with John Walters, and after that, got signed. And um, about a month later, went down to OVW. Um, you know, uh, my tag partner in the WWE, Romeo Roselli, um, I knew before, you know, I had trained with him and, and whatnot before I even had my first match. So we knew each other, traveled together up here in the Northeast, teamed together, and then... Um, down there in OVW in Kentucky, uh, Jim Cornette put us together and, um, you know, kind of a character and persona that wasn't really me, but I just said, you know, screw it. Let's, let's make it as fun as possible. And it got noticed by the, the, the writers and the people, uh, in WWE and a few short months later, we're called up to raw. So uh, one of the things is that you were a wrestler in an interesting time period uh, in pro wrestling. WWE was basically the only big guy in town, at least in America. Uh, yeah. And I'm just curious to know, uh, after your stint with WWE, what was, what was, you, what were you thinking? Like, where you could take your wrestling career? Because it was really the only other promotion. Or you had Impact, uh, TNA Impact, and Ring of Honor, but those were. Those usually try, try they TNA was getting former WWE guys, but Ring of Honor wasn't really focusing on getting WWE guys. They were trying to build their own so, town. So I'm just trying. Yeah. What was what was your plan after 
uh, your stint in WWE? Um, so, okay, I, I, that's a great question because um, wrestling was so different back then. There was, I, you know, I always loved, um, I would, any shows I do, anytime there was a tape trader there selling tapes, I'd take the 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever I made, and I'd go buy tapes from different indies around the country and, and get the, the Ring of Honor stuff. I was at a couple of the early Ring of Honor shows in Philly at the Murphy Rec Center. I always wanted to be WWE was always the goal because that's where you can, you know, that's where you could make a living and make a good living at it. But uh, I always wanted to do Ring of Honor first. So, you know, I looked up to guys like like Brian Danielson and AJ Styles and Scoot Andrews and all those early Ring of Honor guys. Um, but back when I, you know being in the heartthrobs and being a character that wasn't really me. Our run was just under a year and it was very uninspiring. There was nothing, you know, it, it, it wasn't what I had hoped for in my WWE time. And, um, so I had a lot to prove when I got out of WWE. I didn't care about so oftentimes guys want, you know, guys want, you know, I got to get a thousand dollars and I got to get this and I got to get it. Done. No, I, I wanted to prove to people I wasn't what I was in WWE and I wanted to go to Ring of Honor and go to Japan and go to Europe and learn, put all these pieces together because I was only a few years in when, you know, I made it to WWE. So I was just a baby. I was very inexperienced and, you know, you're, you're there with guys like, Shawn Michaels and William Regal and Ric Flair and who had been wrestling, you know, so, you know, a guy like Ric Flair had been wrestling longer than I'd been alive. So, um, you know, the, the experience level wasn't there. So that, that was my goal. And back in 2006, there was, there was ring of honor and then there was PWG in the early infancy of it. Everything else for the indies was the Carney, you know, the high school show, basically. Um, you know, the high school shows with the with the uh, the midget match or the little person match, the, <laughs> the WWF with the Tony Atlas or the Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and then the local talent, kind of what you saw, you know, on MTV True Life and stuff like that. So, um, I was I could wrestle and chain wrestle and, and incorporate amateur wrestling and, and catch wrestling stuff into my wrestling. So I was at a conundrum where I, I wanted to wrestle yet. I was ring of honor. Wasn't going to take, they were going to take a Brent Albright or they were going to take a Jamie Noble, but they, they weren't going to take a Carlito. They weren't going to take a heartthrob. So, um, I had, that's when I said, that's when I was, I was relieved in a way. Um, my bank account was a lot less, but I was, I was much happier where I could go and evolve and try to get to Japan, try to get to Europe, try to work all over the place. And, and, um, you know, um, wasn't about, I had people offer me $500 or more to do the heartthrob gimmick. And I said, no, you know, it wasn't, I didn't care what I got. I mean, I did care what I got paid, but, um, it wasn't where I was, I just wanted to work. I wanted to work against good, good opponents and um, get better. 
Mm. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned guys like Brent Albright and Jamie Noble because when they got out of the WWE, Albright was Gunnar Scott. James Gibson was Jamie Noble when he became the Ring of Honor World Champion. They pretty much reinvented themselves in a way. But when you left the WWE to go to All Japan Pro Wrestling, because, of course, this was during the time when a lot of ex-WWE superstars would wind up being wrestlers for either New Japan, where Brock Lesnar has excelled, or All Japan, where... People like yourself and Johnny Stamboli and Chuck Palumbo have competed in. But was it hard for you to try and reinvent yourself from that Sunday Night Heat televised persona of being a heartthrob to, you know, trying to fall in line in the Great Muda's version of All Japan Pro Wrestling? No, no, not at all. We, um, I, you know, I had never been to Japan before, but. I was never, I never did the heartthrob thing aside from uh, 2012 where I started working for Chikara and I said, if there's anywhere to kind of do it or to throw on a boa and not, you know, not do the whole WWF shtick, but just kind of be a little zany and goofy, um, you know, it was for Chikara when they say, hey, we want you to come in and work with the Young Bucks or we want you to do... Um, work with one, two, three, kid, and Marty Janetti, and, and uh, you know Tom. We want you to come in as as just a single, and um, you know Quackenbush would say, "Hey, I just want you to be, you know, traditional, you know, black boots, black tights, grappler, Antonio Thomas." Or today, I want you to be the goofy zany. You know that that was the place to do it because basically they were telling you, "Hey." You know, you can be you, just don't curse. <laughs> yes, yeah, which I don't, I, yeah, I don't do that at shows. <laughs> so um, maybe a couple times, but yeah, I'm not, yeah. Um, and I've always had it up until, you know, now I've always had a great relationship with Chikara and love working there. But um, um, no, when I got to Japan, you know, I had 2008, I got there and I got there through a guy by the name of Osamu Nishimura. Uh, I had worked a show with him in Florida and, um, he, uh, you know, we just wrestled and didn't really call much and, you know, he liked, he thought I could bring something different to, um, to all Japan. And, uh, I had, he called me a couple days later and said, would you like to come to Japan for three months? And here's your info. I can get you your information and all your, you know, everything lined up for you. And, um, you know, a month later I was going to Japan and I didn't know, I actually lived at the dojo. Um, I trained there. Um, I would go, I wasn't a young boy, but I would go to the ring, um, after my match or Matt, you know, if it wasn't, if it was early on and, um, do the, you know, the ringside, um, the young boy stuff or assist other people in the ring. So I had no you know, a lot of times someone will come from WWE or somewhere else and, you know, say, yeah, I'm not doing that. Or, oh, I, you know, I hate it here. I just want to go home. This isn't for me. And I loved it, man. I loved living and I was wrestling and that's it, you know, training. And, um, 
it was awesome. It was, it was definitely culture shock because, you know, there's, there's cultural norms over there, which are different here. And, um, but I knew people over there. I knew Aaron Aguilera, who's a good friend of mine from OVW. I knew Rene Dupree. Um, you know, I knew Nishimura. Um, and, you know, I got to, I was there when Sonata was a young boy, when Bushi was a young boy, Kai was there, um, Great Muda owned it. So I, you know, I'd be watching TV or, or training in the gym and Muda would come in and, you know, just start having a conversation with, with the Great Muda. And, uh, you know, Minoru Suzuki was there at the time, Kojima. Um, it was really uh, um, 2008 to 2010 was was a fun time there. And uh, to be able to go there and do the, the – the, their Super Juniors tournament and work with guys like Minoru Tanaka and Kaz Hayashi and um, Super Crazy, Jimmy Yang, guys who I'd known from, from WWE. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, I loved it. I mean, I love Japan. It's my favorite place to wrestle and favorite style. And, um, yeah, I like any kind of style. I think I'm pretty pretty adaptable, but... It was awesome. I love Japan. I love being over there and um, never really get a little homesick, but it was never so much of an issue for me where I was like, you don't want to go back. It was, I loved it. I need now, that. Was it hard for you to wrestle as a junior heavyweight over there as opposed to a tag team wrestler in the States? Uh, was it different? I didn't hear that question. I mean, was it, let me... I can go ahead and rephrase it. What what I was trying to ask was, was it harder for you to wrestle as a singles competitor? Or no, no. It's, it's always, I I like tagging, but, you know, I tag with Nick Gage now, and that's very enjoyable because it's so different. Singles is my thing. I love doing singles. Um, you know, I was on the same page with my, my partner, John, in the heartthrobs, but, you know, sometimes you want to, there's just more freedom when it's you and, somebody else they get to create or just go in there and say, Hey, let's feel things out and whatnot. So, um, doing the juniors tournament was right up my alley. That was really an honor for me. One of the highlights of my career doing, doing that. Mm -hmm. I have a question regarding uh, cultural shock in terms of pro wrestling in Japan. Was there something that, that you encountered while in Japan that I guess you can normally do. Well, the one that I always hear from wrestlers who wrestle in Japan is uh, when it comes to factions or groups, they don't want groups, factions, people intermingling, usually at any point. Was that something that they told you while you were in all Japan, or was there some other type of cultural shock regarding pro wrestling etiquette there that you were like, oh, wow, that's something that I just, I, 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 we, we don't do in the States, or that just surprised you? Um, I mean, yeah, there was different, you had different, um, there were a couple different buses, so they kept, they kept kayfabe there. You weren't coming off with the, you know, voodoo murders heel stable at the time. You weren't, the young boys weren't traveling with them or the, uh, you know, the baby faces weren't with them. Um, but, uh, um, cultural shot. No, just, just, you know, if they, if. If you're offered something, you take it and you eat it or you drink it, regardless of if you don't 
um, you know, respect their hospitality. Um, you know, so, um, that was, you know, you're offered certain things to eat. Maybe you, (laughs) you're, they don't really agree with you or your stomach, but, uh, you just got to do it because it's the polite thing to do and it's the right thing to do there. And, um, um, so just things like that, just the, the regular cultural norms that you hear about, um, just being, you know, just being reg- more regimented than, than over here. Um, you know, so it was, um, no, it was, it was just really stuff outside the ring that I had to get, really get used to. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so one of the things uh, before we get into your bus match, I want to talk about is just your, uh, re rebranding, reimagining, or, or, or the new, the new type of way you wrestle now. I watched a few of your matches from beyond, uh, future stars and compared them with your matches from about 10, 10, 15 years ago. And you have, you have basically become like a catch wrestling, uh, submission based, uh, I don't want to say no nonsense, but a much more, uh, you have a much more serious approach to pro wrestling rather than an, uh, a more entertainment style, uh, that you would m- have in WWE. Can you just talk about how you, when and how you've decided to transition that, that style that you did, used to do, uh, was, to now? That, yeah, that was, that was really always me. I mean, as I said, I always loved ring of honor and what you know i could chain wrestle and grapple all day i love doing that and i love um anytime i could wrestle and do that stuff on house shows in wwe i would um but and that was always me but it was just you know from the time i became came across the santel persona and the name from the time i left wwe it was like nine years of trying to figure myself out. And, um, I'd done a little, little bit of wrestling in high school, but it wasn't really until I, um, I started training with, uh, 2009 with, a a guy named Jeff Costa up here in, uh, up in New Hampshire who had worked out in Vancouver and Canada and Portland, um, in the eighties, who was, uh, a trainee of killer Kowalski that would show me some of the old, shoot wrestling and catch wrestling, you know, show me the sugar hold, show me different, um, um, you know, hooks and whatnot that Walter would teach him and stuff like that. And that he would learn from the guys that he learned in the territory days. So that kind of led me to, yeah, I had done some martial arts stuff off and on, but I said, I really want to train in martial arts. Um, I really want to get involved in, in catch wrestling and, and no gi grappling and, um, so, you know, a, a friend of mine ran a gym and I don't know why I didn't do it sooner. Maybe it's cause I was, you know, I was going back and forth to, to Japan and gone mostly on the weekends and stuff like that. But finally I came, you know, I went in and, you know, that was 2012. And since then, um, you know, I train in martial arts, whether it's Muay Thai, amateur wrestling, no gi grappling, um, boxing uh you know i train in it five times a week i I coach um you know boxing basic you know mitt classes boxing classes um you know i coach kids grappling i do martial arts fitness classes so all of that stuff is really 
um, evolved into what my work is nowadays. And that's what you see when you watch the matches from the last couple of years. It's, uh, it's kind of what me evolving into what I really always wanted to become, which is, uh, just a solid, I don't do anything spe- spectacular or super fancy. Um, you know, I can do athletic stuff and whatnot, but just having solid, good wrestling matches that tell a story and that, um, reminds people of classic wrestling. Um, that's, I love doing that, you know? Um, and I get a lot of people pretty much after every show, I'll get fans of old WWF fans or old all Japan fans that come up and say, Oh my God, I love your style. It reminds me of, you know, um, Bob Backlund, but you know, you're you're way more entertaining or (laughs) got more charisma or, you know, it reminds me of, um, you know, all Japan stuff in the, in the eighties, or it's very loose as ish, you know, stuff like that, which is a ridiculous compliment. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's what you see nowadays. Matthew's a surprise. That so when... basically, I mean, I'm sorry, Andrew, for interrupting, even though it's kind of my thing, but would you basically say your style is more akin to the old school Kings Road, all Japan style compared to MMA, so to speak. No, I'd say it's 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 equal. They're one and the same. Um, you know, I take my MMA training relates directly into pro wrestling, and it more so. My pro wrestling doesn't necessarily reflect and translate over to MMA. All the the holds and the techniques and the strikes are all the same. It's just the application of them are different. But my martial arts training is directly. Uh, correlates to uh my pro wrestling so whether you know could i fight yeah absolutely i could take a martial arts fight but i don't you know i my body's in good shape i don't um you know um it's not something that i'm yearning or i have to do i like learning i like you know being competing in grappling contests yes absolutely but um it's not so much, you know, I like to pro wrestle and, and do it as long as I can. And, um, something we've been wrestling almost 20 years. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to get into MMA and want to do that. So, um, but they, my style is, is compatible for either, which makes blood sport, um, a really great fit and, um, you know, a perfect blend of both of those disciplines. And actually, uh, quickly before we get into Bloodsport, I, I want to bring up uh, the whole martial arts thing uh, in Japan. I'm actually surprised that, because uh, one of the things that I hear from uh, a lot of the uh, wrestlers, uh, trainees there, is that in the gyms, they do, they almost have like, I guess you could say, like MMA grappling style matches, not, yeah. not the non-pro wrestling style. Uh, yeah. I've, I've heard horror stories of uh, Minoru Suzuki challenging trainees and action roster members in New Japan, and uh, shall we say, uh, having very little mercy on them. <laughs> yeah, Minoru Suzuki used to work out in the ring and roll with some of the guys, and um, um, you know, be teaching them things and schooling them on, you know, all the things that he knows, which is why what makes him, you know, 
which makes him Minoru Suzuki, basically. Makes him Minoru Suzuki, which makes him a god. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we would do, we would do, you know, we would do utilize um, Suwama, who's still with All Japan, was a national level wrestler, and he would come in and, you know, eat pummel with the guys and do single legs, double legs. Um, you know, half Nelson, spiral rides, different stuff like that. Not, you know, not to, to shoot on people, but just to add that realism to the, to the pro wrestling stuff that we were doing. So it was all, all very basic, uh, a lot of cardio stuff in the training. And yeah, we would incorporate the, uh, the, the, the amateur wrestling stuff in. Um, and then if you were a guy that, you know, like kickboxing or whatnot, you know, you could go hit the bag or mat pads or something like that, you know. Um, you know, Masakatsu Funaki, who's right there with Minoru Suzuki and pretty much creating Pancrase and, and taking in Ken Shamrock way back in the 90s. That was a guy that I got to work a lot with um, and also tag with, who, you know, talk about one of the most underrated workers, you know, a, a legit badass in martial arts and then. Uh, just a phenomenal worker, maybe the most underrated worker ever I can think of is, is Masakatsu Funaki. Um, and, you know, I learned so much from him. So it all blends together and it, it's perfect because it all blends in and that's what Bloodsport is. Mm. And Andrew, let's talk about Bloodsport. Bloodsport. And again, Andrew, eight in a row. Speaking of Bloodsport, your upcoming match against Hideki Suzuki will kind of probably remind people of those old Masakasa Funaki Pancrase bouts. But mm. it's going to be taking place without ring ropes, without pretty much any boundaries, just you, the ring, and Hideki. But have you, you know, done any research on Hideki Suzuki or what he's capable yeah. of bringing you in the ring? Yeah, absolutely. I've been watching since it's been announced. I've been watching uh, some of his matches, uh, including matches with Go Shizaki, uh, Josh Barnett, his early stuff, his recent stuff. Um, talking to people that know him, um, talking to uh, you know, messaging people in Japan, kind of getting what his, you know, um, as much information as I can uh, so I could formulate a, a game plan. Um, uh, very similar, you know. That King's Road, All Japan style. This is a guy that was trained in the Anoki uh, Dojo and for IGF. And okay. is a, just a, a hell of a shooter, a hell of an amateur background. And I believe rugby and judo. And um, just kind of very much reminds me of a, uh, a Osamu Nishimura, like a William... You watch William Regal stuff in New Japan back in the 90s. Um, reminds me very similar of that. I think we have very similar styles. Um, he's a lot bigger. He's a bigger guy. So that's going to factor into my strategy. But um, I, I'm so excited to look forward to it because uh, it's definitely a clash. Not a clash of styles. We're definitely different, but we... We have the same mentality and base when it comes to to pro wrestling and to uh, catch wrestling and grappling. Well, one I see. The and when it comes to the entire blood sport event as a whole, 
what do you think that the entire world of professional wrestling can learn from stuff like this? Oh, it's totally different. You know, you, you mentioned not having ring ropes. That doesn't matter. I've, um, I've gone out and had matches where I said, I'm not going to utilize the ropes. I'm not going to hit the ropes. I don't need to. Um, you know, if I need to, I will. But if not, you know, uh, so it's different. It's unique. It, uh, you know, it's a, I think you need to have something different. I didn't stand out really until I was, I stood out when I was a heartthrob and I stood out when I was Thomas Santel because they were both different in totally opposite ways. But, um, you need to do stuff that's different to stand out. And, uh, that's what the best do. You know, that's why Chris Jericho 30 years in is at the top of his game and at the top of the wrestling world, because he's constantly evolving and doing things to, to stand out. And blood sport is, is arguably the most anticipated and, talked about match of WrestleMania weekend because it's different because it doesn't have ropes because it's, it's where pro wrestling meets martial arts. And Oh my God, Josh Barnett's going to face, uh, you know, John Moxley, uh, you know, what's going to happen? What there's intrigue there. And, um, there's also intrigue in Chris Dickinson versus Minoru Suzuki. yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's intrigue in, you know, uh, seeing Jeff Cobb in a different uh, environment, seeing Davy Boy Smith, who's no stranger to blood sport, seeing some of the new guys like myself, like um, uh, you know Matt Mikowski, who I know very well from Beyond Wrestling in Chikara, and who who has fought in Bellator and, and martial arts against guys that I have trained with and trained with at my gym. Um, you know, it's 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 a different field. There's a lot of new guys that are in there, and uh, I am right up there with debuting for WWE at Madison Square Garden. This is right there as um, a defining moment in my career, and something I am so proud to be a part of, and I'm honored and, and looking forward to. Uh, one question I have is about the Gotch-Robinson Cup. So this is a first-round matchup in the Gotch-Robinson Cup. This will actually be the first uh, of a uh, cup uh, tournament uh, for Bloodsport. Before that, it was just individual matches that they had. And how, how does it feel to be competing in a tournament, st- a j- almost Japanese, US, old-school UFC-style tournament, and to win a cup that is basically named after the fathers of catch wrestling and to a degree even pro wrestling? Uh, it's 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 an honor. I mean, it it is. First of all, to have Josh Barnett say, "Hey, I want, I respect what you do in the ring. I want you. I respect your training, your work ethic. I want you to be a part of this show that I put my name on." First of all, that that means the respect of your peers, the respect of your opponents. That means more to me than any money or any fame or any of that stuff. Uh, but then to you know. Billy Robinson, Carl Gotch, I mean, if there's, you know, Thomas Santel is a retro grappler, and the definition of a retro grappler is Carl Gotch, Billy Robinson, Lou Thez. Um, so it's an honor, and, um, you know, it's 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 going to be different. I got my work cut out for me, as everyone does in the tournament, but, uh, um, you know, it'll be fun. Um, 
you know, I, it, it's going to be tough, but uh, I, yeah. I can't wait. Let's talk a little bit about the, about your preparation. Uh, you know, like you said, Hideki Suzuki is bigger. Hey, I, I would probably even, uh, I, I guess the, the shoot background is probably also, he probably just has a longer career in that. But I want to hear from you personally. Where do you think your, your advantage is in this match against Suzuki? What will they be? Well, I'm, I, I think, you know, being 19 years in in professional wrestling, uh, I'm right up there with, with Harry Smith, I think, is having the most experience in pro wrestling. And um, so that certainly plays a factor. But, um, you know, in, in, I bring something different. You know, I might be, I might be the smallest guy weight-wise in the tournament. Um, but, uh, you know, Back in the early days of UFC, there was a guy named Boyce Gracie that was mm-hmm. uh, the smallest guy in every UFC that he was in, and he did pretty well for himself. So fans watching can know that know my journey and know me as the underdog um, and the likability maybe that the Santel character has um, can know that I'm bringing a... a I bring a unique blend of martial arts experience and worldwide pro wrestling experience that um, that is definitely different and unique. And you're going to see you're going to see some hybrid stuff. You know, you're going to see me utilize my Muay Thai background. You're going to see me utilize my boxing. Um, you know, uh, I might. You know, probably have to throw on my my shin guards and my kick pads. Um, and you're not going to see the Thomas Santel that you've seen in Beyond or in Chikara the last couple of years. You're going to see the, the Thomas Santel who's ready to compete and ready to um, go as far as he can and hopefully take home that Gotch Robinson Cup. And do you have a particular? Uh, now it is a, it will be a. Uh... Elimination style tournament. Is there anybody? I don't think they. You're, you're, I don't think the other two wrestlers in the block uh, in your block have been announced yet. But if there was an ideal opponent, uh, who you could face off in the finals, who would you lo- like to face off? That's also in the tournament. Um, I mean, God, I mean the 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 talent is whether it's Jeff Cobb or Harry Smith or. Matt Mikowski, Eric Hammer. I mean, the talent is so deep. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm focused on Hideki Suzuki. I've got my work cut out for me. He's he's a big guy. He's a hoss. And uh, um, but um, you know, we each have some things that the other doesn't have. So um, I'm going to use utilize my advantages uh, against him. I'm sure he's going to use the the advantages he has over me to, you know, pin me or submit me or, mm-hmm. no, well, not pin me, but mm-hmm. submit me or uh, knock me out. So, um, I don't know. I don't, uh, you know, Jeff Cobb is fantastic. Harry Smith is fantastic. But we'll worry about that, um, um, you know, once we can get past Hideki Suzuki. Because it also is a tournament style. So, And I know that you have been, uh, you are, you have did a tournament, I think, was for EC uh, no not ECW NECW. Uh, yes, I've done I've done many forty uh, five minute hour long matches, many tournaments in pro wrestling before, many grappling tournaments like Nagas, King of the Mats, um, where you know you win 
you know, it, you're you're one and done if you lose. And if you win, you've got to fight or compete against, you know, two, three, four different competitors. So, um, you know, my stamina, my cardio won't be an issue. My stamina won't be an issue. Um, I'm just focused on Hideki Suzuki and, um, you know, I'm, I'm scouting everybody that's in the tournament. So, uh, if I do get past him, um, and that is the plan to, to advance, Hmm. um, we'll, we'll, we'll see who's next in line. And one of the last questions I have regarding pro wrestling, uh, and this, we asked all the, uh, interviewees last year about this because it made a lot of headlines and, uh, Social media buzz, as as, as they say, uh, a wrestler by the name of Jordan Grace uh, uh, posted that she considers pro wrestling an art, not a sport. And I'm just curious to know, uh, you all have to say you agree or disagree with, with what she said, but I'm curious to know what does pro wrestling represent to you? Do you see it as an art, sport, hybrid of both, or something maybe entirely different? Um, you know, I, everyone has their own interpretation of pro wrestling. Bret Bret Hart used to say uh, pro wrestling wasn't art. Um, I don't think he called it performance art, but he used to say, he goes, that canvas literally is our canvas to paint a beautiful picture with. And I prefer to call it pro wrestling. I'm a pro wrestler um, when I was young and when I growing up and when I got into pro wrestling, I got into pro wrestling. And when I stepped between those ropes, um, it is pro. I use the martial arts and the athletic background I have to become the best pro wrestler I can have. Um, you know, the, the the name on the marquee is you know not for blood sport, but for you know pro wrestling shows is pro wrestling, and um, that's how I like to call it. People people can call it however they want, um, you know, but it it is an art art form it's an athletic art form it's a lot of creativity um and uh but um when people ask me what i do i say i'm a pro wrestler mm, mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha uh christian uh i want to throw the, the last uh question to you uh for mr santel uh if there's anything else you want to ask i see i see now when it comes down to this particular match, obviously, is part of a one-night tournament. But if there was anything that you would particularly say to Hideki Suzuki, even though, of course, he doesn't understand English, which I'm pretty sure only a few of us understand Japanese, but if there was anything that you would say to him face-to-face, as if, as if this was a face-to-face interview, what would you say to him or about him? Look him straight in the eye, shake his hand, say I have the utmost respect for him, and may the best man win. Very nice. Actually, I, I will correct you, Christian. I think he does know a little bit of English. I met him when I was after a uh, all Japan show. Excuse me, big Japan show when I was in Japan, and he did speak to me in English. I don't know if those were the only words he knew in English, but he did speak to me in pretty good English. So he might know English. He might know English. Um, but, uh, yeah, well... That and the fact that he fought Josh Barnett all those years ago, so I'm pretty sure he understands him. Oh, yeah. Just as he understands English. Uh, with that, Mr. Santel, I just want to give you an opportunity to also plug your social media, uh, where people can reach you. Um, also, if you have any other uh, dates that you're going to be uh, 
wrestling at during a WrestleMania weekend. Feel free to plug those as well. Yeah, right now, um, you can find me on Twitter at Retro Grappler. Um, I'm also on Instagram, although I don't, I'm not a big social media guy. Um, more apt to, to go on Twitter than Instagram, but I'm on Instagram at uh, Retro Grappler as well. Uh, also, I uh, is my Antonio Thomas persona, or just as me myself. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I have a show on the Wrestling Observer site where I talk sports. Uh, mostly sports with other wrestlers and wrestling personalities called Left My Wallet. Diffuses uh, my love of hip-hop, sports, and some other pop culture things. Action figures, cartoons, movies as well. But mostly sports. You can check that out on the Wrestling Observer site, WrestlingObserver.com. Um, and WrestleMania week, um, I have Bloodsport. And um, also that Sunday, uh, Beyond Wrestling. Going head-to-head with WrestleMania, 8 p.m. Uh, it's a show called Big Balls. And um, <laughs> I will be a part of that. I don't believe my opponent has been announced yet, but um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out who I will be stepping in the ring with. Is that, will that show be in Florida, yeah, or, or is that going to be in the... That, that show is in Florida, yes. Okay, gotcha. Got wow. And... You know what? It would be funny for them to call this show Big Balls because they do have some of those. Yeah. If they're coming up against probably a six-hour WrestleMania. <laughs> well, you know, it gives it gives people that maybe don't watch WWE and aren't you know are big independent wrestling fans. It gives them uh, something to watch when WrestleMania is going on. So yeah, most people are going to be watching WrestleMania, but um, it's. Pretty ingenious. I'm surprised nobody hasn't done it before. And, and Beyond Wrestling is is my home. Um, they have treated me, you know, the, it's the best I've been treated in my career, I think. And um, uh, and that says a lot because I've been treated so great by so many different promotions and, and people. Beyond really has become my home. And uh, it's an honor for them to, to do this show and to be a part of it. Uh, well, actually, you know, the funny thing is... You know what? On the contrary, I can mention that there have been shows to take place, like, after WrestleMania, hours after Mania, into the early morning light, but never taken place during Mania. That's right. kind of a new idea. Yes, I mean, if it's successful, I hope it runs well. Me too. Looking forward to. Hey, it. we know what? In this day and age, someone could be they could buy a ticket to the show, uh, to the Beyond Wrestling show, and then just you know have their phone you know in one hand and watching the show you know uh, with the WWE Network. So hey, it's not entirely impossible to do it in this day and age. You can have both. Yeah, but it, but Andrew, it would be hard for somebody to multitask and get bored off of one show on their phone when another more exciting option is right in front of. Them. Uh, well, hey, you know what? Some people just like to, you know, just keep, you know, you never know what surprises could be happening during WrestleMania. You pay attention to that during some, like, you know, some break during uh, Beyond Wrestling. Hey, and listen, it's I, I have seen people do it. I have seen people multitask with multiple shows at uh, at the wrestling shows I've been to. It's not entirely uh, impossible. People do it. Right, right. Uh, but, but, one question I do have to ask, Mr. Thomas, and then we are yeah. going to go ahead and the show that you're on or shows that you're on because they're both going to be on the Fight TV app and Fight.TV but 
if there was any, if there would be anything you would like to say to the fans who, you know, haven't seen you since you were on Sunday Night Heat all those years ago, or only noticed you from Evolve or All Japan or all these different places, what would you tell them in order for them to get excited off of what you're going to be doing WrestleMania weekend? Um, you're going to see a blend of of classic professional wrestling mixed with modern professional wrestling and martial arts and some striking, some Muay Thai, um, some uh, classic catch wrestling. Uh, it's going to be different. You're going to see someone who's come on a long journey uh, that's evolved and has been persistent and, um, um, you know, just can bring something different to the table. And um, hopefully, you know, the people that beyond wrestling and everywhere that I've wrestled the last couple of years have really been behind me and pulled for me. And um, I'm looking forward to rewarding them with a, with a, a great match and hopefully coming out with that Gotch Robinson Cup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with that, um, Thomas Santel will be wrestling Hideki Suzuki in the first round of the Gotch Robinson Cup at Bloodsport, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. And you can buy tickets... Taking place April 2nd, mm-hmm. 2020, from Ybor City, Florida, as part of Game Changer Wrestling's The Collective. You can order that event on Fight TV singly. I mean, sing- what am I saying? You can order that event as a single standalone event for $20 or 20 fight credits, or you can order as part of The Collective, which will go for about... Let's see, it'll go for about 140 bucks or 145 credits. Either way, you will not be disappointed. You won't de- ah. You will not be disappointed with the action you will get WrestleMania weekend, regardless of what you watch. And I do recommend if you are in the Florida area or you plan to go there for WrestleMania week, please do go to a Bloodsport show. I went there for last uh, last year when they came when WrestleMania was here up uh, in New Jersey, New York, whatever you want to call it. And Bloodsport was by far the best show of the week, uh, even better than I thought the Ring of Honor New Japan show at the Mass Square Garden. So, highly recommend Bloodsport. You'll not be disappointed. And with that, uh, Mr. Santel, thank you so much for talking with us uh, for such a long time. Uh, we're gonna we're really looking forward to your match against Hideki Suzuki. And we're going to wish you the best of luck in what will be a, an exciting match. And, you know, hopefully you'll you'll advance in the tournament and get that Gosh Robinson Cup. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thank no you, guys. And we're sorry that we went over because we said this interview was going to be 25 minutes, but we actually went a little bit over. That's <laughs> all right, man. You guys were great. I appreciate it. It's no, been a blast. No problem, no problem. Uh, yep, uh, take care, Mrs. Antel, and uh, looking forward to the match. Thank you, guys. Me too. Take care. Have, have a great day. day. Bye. Bye. Later. Ah. Uh. <laughs>